Welcome to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Cast. This week, Pastor Lauren shared a poignant, timely message about the ongoing crisis of gun violence in the United States and the need to keep the faith even when it seems like nothing ever changes. Well, good morning. Thanks for being here again. You know, those, those words of that song, Christ Be All Around Me, are really resonating with, the, with me this morning. Um, as I think about Christ above me and below me, before me and behind me, that's powerful words. So thanks, thanks Paul, thanks Stella for sharing those with us this morning. Um, thinking about a week ago yesterday, we, we all likely awoke to the news that there had been a shooting, another one, in uh, El Paso, Texas, 22 innocent lives being taken, injuring another 26. And less than a day later, we probably woke up Sunday morning with the news that another shooting, another mass shooting had occurred this time in Dayton, Ohio, with some 10 being killed, including the shooter, another 27 injured. So that Saturday, I was, I was, I was scrolling my you know, Twitter feed, following some of my, my clergy friends and colleagues. Many of them were, were rewriting, they're reformulating their message about what they were going to talk about um, that, that Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, in response to the mass tragedy especially as, as the news broke that the alleged shooter had some racist motivations. And I thought about that and whether how I wanted to speak, speak about that. Uh, the thing is, I, I've never been one where I can really, uh, I, like to, I like to process information, uh, especially news of, of this magnitude. Um, even, even for a silly example, when I buy, you know, when I'm buying new running shoes, I usually like to like, try them on, run them, and then kind of say, hey, you know what, let me sleep on this. See what I like, you know, to think about. So um, I usually like to let something sit with me for a while to think about it, to pray about it, to meditate on it, uh, see how long it, see how it sets with me. And the week since this, these tragedies have happened, you know, I'll be honest, they have not sat well with me. And... Uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of a, if you can tell, I'm kind of emotional about it. Um, so here, so, I'm of, a, I'm of the Columbine generation. I think most of us here understand that term. So it was the afternoon of April 20th, 1999. I was sitting in Spanish class at my high school, and, you know, this was before the days of smartphones and cell phones, really even, and most students didn't really even have cell phones. And during the passing period, there had, there had been rumblings flying through the halls that something had happened, a shooting of some sort had happened, and that we brought that with us as we tried to settle into class. And I remember as we sat down and, and there was these rumblings around the, the fellow classmates my Spanish teacher, Mrs. Reed, she turned on the, turned on the radio to 850 KOA, and we heard the news. 
A shooting had occurred at Columbine High School in Littleton with what I remember, at least, of estimates up to 20 people killed. Now, thankfully, you know, there weren't that mit that wasn't to that magnitude, I guess. So she turned off the radio, and we kind of sat there all in stunned silence. Shortly thereafter, the decision was made to suspend school for the day, and parents started arriving uh, to pick up their children, and the rest of us kind of gathered in the gymnasium. And uh, one student, I don't remember his last name, James, his first name, and uh, we were all kind of sitting on the bleachers, and he, he brought in some songbooks, and we started singing some songs together and praying just for the rest of the afternoon until it was time for us to leave. But that day sticks with me, uh, and the, the events after that stick with me. I remember, I remember visiting the makeshift memorial uh, at Clement Park, if you remember that. There's the, just the whole, um, whole big section of Clement Park. This kind of became this memorial I remember attending the, uh, the public memorial service with my dad that was held at the movie theater across the street from the park. I remember there were so many people there. My dad and I were actually standing uh, on the other side of the street, beyond the parking lot, beyond the street, on the other side of the street. I remember hearing the news a couple of years later that uh, Greg Barnes, who's a student that I had uh, played summer league basketball with, he was a Columbine student. He was probably the best basketball player in the state. He was an incredible athlete, incredibly talented. And during that shooting, he had hid in a closet. My father and I had both known him. And I remember a couple of years later hearing that he had, he had committed suicide. So even some 20 years later, that stuff does not set well with me. And I think what what bothers me the most is that in the time since, the story has only repeated itself in different places. I remember July of 2012, just a few days before um, my daughter Alexa was born, I remember waking up to the news of hearing about the Aurora Theater shooting and hoping Karina wouldn't see it because I didn't want it to upset her, you know, her in the final, final days of her pregnancy. I remember in 2013 of a, a student walking into Arapahoe High School and, and killing a young woman. My dad was working for Littleton Public School Security in the time when I was called in um, to respond to the event. I remember this past April when schools across the metro area were, were shut down because of, if you remember, the alleged threat of the young woman. And I remember trying to, trying to figure out how to explain to my daughter to my six-year-old daughter that she didn't have school because authorities were worried about someone repeating another Columbine. And I remember this past May when our worst nightmares were realized yet again. So these seemingly endless tragedies don't sit well with me. And the more they set with me, the more I find myself despairing and discouraging, the more I find myself feeling as things are only getting worse and worse, the more I find myself feeling as if there's nothing that can be done. 
and feeling like no one is really willing to do anything to change the situation. So this, this is all I'm going to say about this thing, but it doesn't sit well with me that leader after leader refuses to consider the role the weapons used in these acts contribute to the violence perpetrated. That doesn't sit well with me. So often I feel like just throwing in the towel, like quitting, just not caring anymore, to be honest. But that doesn't sit well with me either. So I often find myself in between this place of anger and apathy, and not happy with that place either. As I think about how that sets with me, I can only imagine how that sets, how this situation sets with some of you all here. Especially with the news that the El Paso shooter, or the alleged El Paso shooter, to be fair, had written an angry manifesto decrying the, what he called the Hispanic invasion. Especially with the news that the Dayton alleged shooter had kept a list of females he wanted to assault. Especially with the news that many experts consider white supremacy to be the biggest domestic terror threat to our country. And heck, just was it last week we heard about alleged plots being foiled in Nevada and I think Las Vegas? I can only imagine how this sets with some of you. Facing hatred and violence because of my skin color, my ethnicity, my sexuality, my gender is something I'll likely never have to face in my lifetime. So if straight, cisgendered, white, male me can find myself losing faith, doubting the future, and wondering how to keep going at times, I can only imagine, I can only imagine how some of you all might be feeling. So what do we do? How do we as people of faith live in faith? How do we as followers of Jesus continue faithfully into an unknown future? How do people who we, who we believe, like as we sang in the goodness of God, keep going when things seem just dark and dire? So I want to turn our attention this morning to the book of Hebrews, um, a letter written long ago to a, a group of Jesus followers going through some trying times of their own. Now, just some background real quick. Uh, the book of Hebrews, many think the book of Hebrews was written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, there's others who uh, think, because there's some difference, it was written by somebody else, but you know, w- there's really no consensus about who writ- wrote the book of uh, Paul. But uh, one thing for sure, they, everyone agrees that the, the book of Hebrews was written to a group of Jesus followers, a group of Christians who were kind of going through their own tough times in their journey of faith, and, and this writer of Hebrews was speaking to them about how to continue on faithfully in their trials. So it seems that this group had been discouraged from the persecution they had faced and had been disappointed as what they expected to be uh, an immediate return of Jesus and the implementation of God's kingdom. And because of their disappointment, because of their uh, lack of what they expected to happen, some of them had even left the church. So the writer of Hebrews was, in short, encouraging people to keep the faith, to keep hanging on, to keep going in their time of trial. 
so the, the verses we're going to be looking at today are perhaps you're familiar with Hebrews chapter 11, uh, sometimes called the Hall of Faith, or uh, those folks recounted in there are called the, the heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11. So the author recounts well-known figures from the past, people who, in spite of trial, tragedy, and difficulty, had continued to move forward in the faith despite the uncertainty. So if you have your Bible, you're, you're welcome to read it with me. We'll have it on the screen here um, to follow along to as well. I, like, I still like flipping through the, the pages and reading from them. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we're going to read 1 through 3 and then 8 through 12 here. Uh, so verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Continuing on, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out not knowing where he was going. Why doesn't that sound like life? Not knowing where we're going, right? By faith, he stayed for a time in the land that he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and the innumerable grains on sand by the seashore. It's that verse one that, uh, that I've always appreciated. In my translation, I'm reading from the NRSV. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I remember hearing this again and again growing up in the King James Version. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. As one commentator said, faith makes real in the present things thought of as future. Meaning it's by faith we experience in the present the future realities that God has dreamed for us. It's faith that, that enables us to continue moving forward in spite of the darkness, the difficulty, the uncertainty. It's faith that allows us to see glimpses of God's goodness breaking through of Christ's presence, just like we sang, Christ's presence all around us. And it's faith that gives us the strength to keep believing, the strength to keep believing that God's kingdom is coming, that God's, God will right all wrongs, that God will bring peace to this earth. And though it isn't here yet, and we don't know when it's coming, we can keep moving forward because we see glimpses along the way. It's what we'll be celebrating uh, in the season of Advent coming up in December. Advent is about the here, the now, and the not yet. We believe that God's kingdom is here among us in pieces, but not yet. So that faith is what enables us to cope and to hope. Now, if you're like me, you might say, that sounds great and all, but I don't know how to do that. Maybe you've been in the midst of a deep, dark tunnel 
for so long, it's hard to even know what is up and what is down. What's forward, what's backwards, what's right, what's left. If that's you this morning, if you're the one in the deep, dark tunnel, weighed down by hatred and violence in our nation, burdened by trial and tragedy within your own life or your own family's life, or feeling just beaten down by what seems to be a hopeless future, I say to you, as the writer of Hebrews said, just keep moving forward. Keep walking. Keep going. Because this, this is what Hebrews is ultimately about. It's a call to persevere, to keep going, while also a tragic reminder of what falling away looks like. Now, the writer of Hebrews used some pretty hyperbolic language to talk about the results who stop walking, stop living by faith. But we today, we don't need to stretch our imagination that far to know what can happen when we stop believing, when we stop walking, when we, when we stop living in faith. You know, we've likely all seen the results. We probably all know someone in our lives who lives the results, angry, bitter, disillusioned. Heck, for real, right? That's probably all of us at some point, right? There's probably some point in, 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 as we go through our week where we have those moments of anger, bitterness, and disillusionment. But we know that when we become angry, when we become bitter, when we become disillusioned, and we stay in that anger and bitterness and disillusionment, we become in some ways, we become in some ways what we hate, don't we? But here again, the book of Hebrews inspires us with what can be, what we can be if we continue to live and act in faith. We can join the likes of Abraham and Sarah, folks who in spite of the uncertainty in their present situation, moved forward in the faith and hope that they believed and had hoped for. In the same choice, the same choice that the writer of Hebrews offered to his readers, I'll assume it's a him, it could be a her, the same choice that the writer of Hebrews offered to their readers so long ago is the same choice that we're offered today. To give it up, to throw in the towel, say I'm done with this. Or to keep hoping, keep believing, keep trusting. My hope is that you all, we all, will choose the way of faith. I'm reminded of what, uh, what an old pastor, mentor of mine, told me several years ago. See, I was in the midst of my own deep, dark tunnel, feeling as if there was no way out. And man, the it's, I think it's the, it's the darkness that weighs on you, right? When you're, in that, when you're in that tunnel, when you're in that, it's the darkness that weighs on you. And I, I, was, I was in a point where, man, forget the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, you know, I couldn't even make out what was heads or tails, what was left or right, what was up or down, what was forward or backwards. And during that time, I had the, uh, this is a different one, but I, I had this wristband. It was one of those red, uh, kind of like the old Livestrong bracelets, those silicon bracelets or whatever. And I had gotten 
I'd found one once and it had the word relentless on it. I think it was for like ALS or something, ALS research. But I liked it and I hung on to it. And in fact, uh, I went, I liked it so much that when it broke, I went to the ALS website and ordered another 10-pack so that whenever one broke, I could just put on another one. And I wore those wristbands because I wanted to remind myself not, not that I was so unstoppable, but because quitting felt so easy. Man, so easy. So when one would break, I'd put in another one. When I was struggling, I'd just kind of look at my wristband and say, hang in there, Lauren. Keep going. Hang in there. And I remember uh, this old pastor friend of mine, his mentor, about once a month, we'd, we'd meet for, for breakfast at McDonald's, um, an old, uh, McDonald's on 30th and Wadsworth, and we'd sit there, and he'd order a coffee, and I'd order my meal, and I'd, I'd kind of mostly just complain to him about life, kind of talk about how I was struggling with with my faith, or my uncertainty about the future, or, or where I was even headed in life. And I remember one day I was talking about, he was talking about faith, and I said, I said, Vic, I just don't feel like I have any faith. I don't feel like I believe. And he pointed at my wristband. He said, Lauren, sometimes faith is just moving forward. Just keeping on going. Just keep on going. So there's been times in my life when I'm struggling, when I feel like I'm in those deep, dark places, when I feel the tragedy and trials and stuff just weighing on me that keeps, that stays with me to just keep going, to keep moving forward, to keep believing that things can get better, to keep hoping for the best, to keep looking keep looking for God's love in our world and keep acting in faith because God is with us. God is around us. Christ's presence is among us. So keep the faith. Keep moving forward. Keep believing. We can, with God, make a difference in our world, bring love and light and hope to our world. Hey, thanks for tuning in with us this week. You can check back for new messages each Tuesday. If you're in the Denver area, come see us this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times as well as the mission and vision of M.G. Thornton at mgthornton.org. That's M-G-T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N dot O-R-G. See you next week.